is Rebecca from the Arab Generation. Um, you're listening to Mascapades Podcast. You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Happy Monday, Mousecapades listeners. We hope you had a magical weekend. This is Vicki, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. This is episode 359. Today, we have dug deep into the Mousecapades vault for an oldie but a goodie, the Disneyland that never happened. It's a show that Nick and Dave did right after the show began in 2015 about Walt almost building a Disneyland right here in St. Louis. But before we get started, we would like to encourage you to check out our friends at WaltExpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney. From the gateway to the west and just down the street from where it all began, the inspiration of Main Street USA, all of our beloved Disney characters, where a simple farm boy grew up to become a genius innovator and the keeper of childhood magic. Of course, I am talking about Walt's childhood state of Missouri. You are listening to the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. Coming up next, Dave is going to sit down with our listeners and explain how St. Louis, Missouri was just a signature away from acquiring Walt Disney's second Disneyland. Being from St. Louis, Dave, I wasn't, I I didn't even realize how close we were actually to having Disneyland in St. Louis, Missouri. I mean, we were just within days, literally days of signing the paperwork to have a mini Disneyland in St. Louis right down there on the riverfront. I mean, I think just two days they were having a post party. Yeah, it almost happened for us. A pre-party, I think. Excuse me, a pre-party. Yeah, it almost happened for us and it's a... You know, I think it's kind of appropriate since we are from St. Louis to kind of make this one of our first shows is to uh, talk about why it almost happened here and, and how close we actually got to having this uh, this uh, attraction here. Now, this is not taking the place of the Magic Kingdom, uh, but it was definitely in the works before the Magic Kingdom happened. So if, uh, if they would have built here, who knows what would have taken place down there in Orlando. And definitely in the works before most of the, well, not most, but some of the rides, some of the uh, the greatest rides out there in Disneyland. Yeah, so this story, just going to get it going here, this story starts up in 1962. Uh, in 1962, there was a lot of uh, bad areas down in the St. Louis Riverfront here in, in uh, St. Louis, and 
There Has things a... changed at all, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed, man. Sickness, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh. so they decided the the government decided that they were going to, you know, knock a bunch of the the blighted buildings down and and start working on improving our city. So they they decided on two big projects. The first one was the the gateway to the west, the arch, and. Uh, the second one was to build a new baseball stadium downtown, which will be known as Bush Stadium. And so those were the two main projects. And then along with that, they decided that to draw more people downtown, they were going to start up and with a, uh, a venue that people could go and they'd have restaurants and shopping in. And it'd be about a block, a city block space um, where people could go and even maybe even catch a show or, or a live show at the theater at this at this place, and they decided to call this Riverfront Square since it's on the Mississippi River, and uh, that's where it all got started. The idea came about from the Civic Center Redevelopment Corporation in in 1962, and uh, one of the things that they decided to do was they decided to seek out Walt Disney and see if maybe at at this theater that they were putting in at the Riverfront Square. Uh, if Disney could actually make a movie that talked about the history of the St. Louis area because uh, St. Louis was coming up on its bicentennial and they wanted to celebrate it big so they went to the master and asked him if he could actually produce a, a show or a, a movie that would show in their theater at this Riverfront Square facility. Now, now, is this the same theater, Dave, where they had that 360 theater and showed the landscape of Missouri of how it was during Lewis and Clark? They liked that. They liked the idea of that to start with. Uh, they had seen the 360 theater, but I'm not exactly sure that they were going to build a 360 theater in this Riverfront Square because then they would be kind of limiting themselves to only showing that one. Uh, that right. One show. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly clear as to what they were going to produce at that theater, but they they contacted Disney and he just loved it. He loved the idea and he kind of one upped them and said, "You know what? I'll do you one better." And rather than just make this this film for you how about we make this a permanent attraction that people can come to and celebrate st louis for for a long time rather than just a temporary area so in february of 1963 the mayor and that uh civic center redevelopment corporation committee uh went to disney with this idea he like i said he one-upped them and said why don't we why don't we do this big if we're going to do it at all so go big or go home he said exactly And, and on uh so in March of 1963, uh, the mayor of St. Louis and the CCRC went out to California, met with Disney and his people, and at that point, Disney decided to to get the ball rolling with this Riverfront Square Mall. They hit it off right away. Disney liked the people of St. Louis that St. Louis was sending, and St. Louis, you know, they loved Disney. They knew all about him. They knew that he was a really passionate guy, so they said, let's do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So soon after, uh, Disney started talking to people about the plans that he had for what he called a quote unusual ride, which would go from the Riverfront Square all the way down to the Arch Grounds. And um, a lot of a lot of speculation was going on because at this time, remember, Disney was preparing to uh, create these rides for the 1964 World's Fair up in New York City. So uh, a lot of people had seen the Wetaway People Mover attraction that he was preparing, and a lot of people said that that's, that's where he was going to use that Wetaway People Mover attraction, was to transport people from the Riverfront Square down to the Arch Grounds. One of the things that uh, Disney decided that he was going to do was he needed to know if this kind of a project would make money, because here in St. Louis during the winter, it's brutal. I mean, we get snow, it's cold, and no one wants to be outside. So they would have to find a way to enclose this whole thing for the year. 
and uh, having this uh, this park inside of a structure, um, he wasn't exactly sure how that was going to work. So he he put one of his best guys on the project as far as like coming up with is this financially possible for us to do because Disney was all ready to jump into it he just wanted to make sure that it was going to make money so um, he was wait, kind of waiting on a, on an economic report from one of his guys and uh, Buzz Price was the guy's name that uh, worked for a firm had a little bit of dealings with Disneyland too kind of picked out the spot uh, where they were going to build Disneyland and, and said that this is going to be a booming place and sure enough it was so he trusted him and uh, and so so Disney was waiting for a report back from this guy saying that this was going to be a project that was going to make money for him. Now, the structure you talk about that they were going to build over the park, we're talking like a dome, right? That's what they were talking about. Now, it's actually going to be a five-story building. So, like, in my mind, I'm picturing Ikea. That's the only thing I'm picturing. Right oh, now yeah, IKEA just like Ikea. So big. Yeah, but wasn't so. the inside supposed to have some... Well, structure, have, like some lights, right? To make it look like it's outdoors, sort of like a Vegas. Yeah. Like so when you go to Vegas it, and you see how you're indoors, but it looks like you're outdoors with the lighting and the weather that goes through. They were right. going to do the same thing, right? So when you walk in, it was going to have a big atrium. So I, I'm guessing that, that the five-story structure would be all open in, in the front of it, and they would be able to control the lighting and, and make it uh, climate-controlled up in the front so that you would you would imagine like you were outside but really not be, uh, which would be nice in our winters to walk in and have and They were going to kind of have the sights and sounds, right, of yep. the 1800s? Yep. So... Uh, in May of 63, Disney and his wife came to St. Louis, and they got the grand tour from the CCRC, and uh, they took them to the site where where this riverfront square was going to be built. They saw the two legs of the arch because the arch wasn't finished yet, so they saw the two legs of the arch going up. They saw this ball stadium that was under construction, and they, they just kind of fell in love with the area, and uh, Disney said, for all of the plans that I have set aside, this one square block is not going to do it, so they expanded their their... Uh, proposal to a two-square block to have uh, this five-story bu- five-story building, and it was going to be about two blocks north of the uh, Bush Stadium area, so real close to the two major attractions that were being built. And uh, like I said, they were kind of just being hung up on that whole "What are we going to do during the winter?" But uh, they were coming up with a plan for what to do about that. Yeah, and we all know in St. Louis, Dave, domes don't work here, right? (laughs) I think that's proven with the Rams. Yeah, we're in the process right now of fixing that problem with the Rams. So... (laughs) So moving moving along to summer of 63, Disney tells his people that they can go ahead and start working on ideas for this project because he finally got word from Buzz Price that this was going to be a project that would make some money, probably not a lot of money, but would make some money. So Disney, you know, he was passionate. He he there's a lot of quotes from Disney about how he always said that he was from Missouri, he's a Missourian through and through, and he just had so much pride in those Missouri roots that uh, he was just all about this. And he grew up just two and a half hours away from St. Louis. We're just right outside of Hannibal, right, in Marceline, Missouri. A lot of his inspiration for his parks came from Marceline, Missouri, and I'm sure that at some point in the future we'll do a show on Marceline, Missouri and and Disney's roots there and maybe even take a field trip, so... Uh, oh, let's go, buddy. I can't wait. Yeah, so he tells his people after getting word that he's not that this isn't going to be a financial disaster that they should go ahead and start uh, drawing up some plans on some of the things that could be housed inside of this five-story structure. Disney tells the Imagineers to to draw up some plans for some some attractions and at this point they had five ideas. Uh, one of them was a traveling art gallery that was going around Europe and that was going to be a permanent home in uh 
in the St. Louis area Riverfront Square called The Art of Animation. Hmm. Heard of that one? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool when I saw that. Yeah, The Art of Animation. That's awesome. Yeah, one thing I thought was pretty neat, too, is that they were going to have a, an actual steamboat ride down the Mississippi River. Now, for a, yes. while, for a while in the 80s and 90s, I took a couple of rides on some steamboats down the Mississippi River, and that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, so having that having that as part of their whole thing you know obviously that's not going to be in the building but um that sounded pretty cool so it'd make it an indoor and an outdoor attraction yeah and it kind of goes with the link link up between the arch too so uh, the third attraction was a boat ride based on lewis and clark and the expedition of lewis and clark and uh you know kind of going through some of the milestones so i'm picturing a a boat ride with these audio animatronics uh coming up on some of the native american tribes and some of the some right you know some of the disasters that happened and things like that um and that dave i mean that eventually fell through as well right and that became the pirates of the caribbean ride out in disneyland right yeah so so one of the big things that came out of this whole project was that yeah so um this fourth thing was the was a was the making of a room where people would go in, sit down, and watch birds. And right, but they weren't going to be real birds; they were going to be audio and animatronics. So, thinking about a ride that was like that, we're thinking about the Tiki Room. Right, with like it was going to have French explorers and the different various birds. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then they also uh, they also did come to grips on that Circle Vision Theater, and they decided that the the theater that was going to be in Riverfront Square was going to be a Circle Vision Theater. So those were the five attractions that uh, Disney told his people to come up with, and they said, "Hey, how about these five to to begin with?" Uh, you'll see as the story unfolds that things change a lot, uh, and but, that cost about nine million dollars just to build those five different structures. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that was the original the original uh, funding plan for it and that's what they came back with uh, initially so moving on we're, we're going into the fall of uh, 63 and some of the ideas were canceled the art of animation art gallery idea uh, got the axe and so did the uh, steamboat right on the Mississippi River they just I guess decided that you know St. Louis is cold in the winter <laughs> So th- at this point, the fall of 63... Don't sound too excited, Dave. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, I'm picturing <laughs> myself in January in a park going down the... Right. Yeah, so uh, so in the fall of 63, those ideas kind of fell by the wayside, and uh, Disney came up with this new plan, which was to split this five-story complex in half. And as you walk into the complex, it would be almost like a Main Street type of thing, but on the left side of it, you would see all of this old New Orleans sites and then on the right side as you walk down you'd see um some of the more historical st louis area sites um like i said kind of like a main street so the rides that they came up with this is where you start to see these ideas that originated here for the st louis disney project that came through on some of these parks so they've got what they called a blue by bayou boat ride Right, which we see that at Disneyland. Yeah, so they uh, they came up with that idea first. Didn't mention anything about pirates in this one. Right. They said you just took a trip through a swamp, and there was a waterfall along the way, um, and didn't give too many details, but they, they said that there was no pirates mentioned. However, there was a pirate ship on a different attraction that you could just walk through the pirate ship. So uh, at one point, I believe somebody probably linked those two together, and we have one of the most popular rides at, at all Disney parks, Pirates of the Caribbean. Definitely. I love that ride. Yeah, they took the steamboat idea that we were just talking about, and they said, why don't we just build a steamboat inside? And so they, they decided to make a, an indoor steamboat restaurant where people could go in and eat, but look like a steamboat, and they had a little man-made pond around it to make it feel more like a steamboat. Uh, this one was kind of cool, I thought. 
they had a haunted house idea. Right. But instead of riding in doom buggies, uh, it was a yeah. walkthrough thing. It was a walkthrough. <laughs> doom buggies, huh? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that that idea originated right here for the St. Louis Riverfront Square project, and uh, right down to the part with the stretching room with the elevator. That was the, that was all developed here. Yeah, that's where the concept actually came about with the stretching room, and then that folded as well. Another good ride folded here in St. Louis, and it was spit right back to Disneyland. Yeah, they recycle ideas like crazy. It's it's turning out. I didn't I didn't realize it until I started doing all this research. Uh, and then they also, like I said, they included the Circle Vision Theater. Uh, the name of their show that they were going to do was called One Nation Under God, and it kind of highlighted some of the famous Missourians and uh, pioneers of the day, people like Davy Crockett. And then they also, that would exit into kind of a cave-type playland structure, a playground structure for kids. Uh, because for those of you who don't know, Missouri is kind of known for caves. We've got a, a pretty large cave system here, so um, Disney was inspired by that as well. Getting back to what you were saying with the Circle Vision, uh, is it my understanding it was going to cost like 2 to $3 million to make a movie? Did, did you get that? Yeah, I can't imagine that it would be very cheap. I mean, these these movies, they took 11 cameras to go around the Circle for the Circle Vision. So that's just more added costs right. to this whole thing. So I think the number one thing that keeps popping up throughout this discussion is money yeah so that brings us to the point in the story where people start to believe something that's not entirely true so there was this guy it all comes about and the 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 myth is is that disney heard from gussie bush the owner of anheuser-busch that uh bush made a quote at a party that said something like if they don't serve ab products this project's not going to be successful and uh that well they call he called walt crazy yeah that story said someone who wouldn't serve that at their park it's crazy. Yeah, that story kind of came out from a guy that, uh, named Joe Fowler. Joe Fowler was one of Disney's guys, was really trusted. And the story goes, the night before the paper, the final papers were going to be signed for this whole Riverfront Square project with Disney, they had a banquet to kind of celebrate. And A.B. was heard making some comments like that. Uh, you know, whether he actually made those comments is debatable. Nobody really knows for sure. What we do know, though, is that... Um, there's some proof later in the story you're going to hear that, that that was not the deciding factor on whether this park was built here in St. Louis or not. And you're talking, this was just right before they were signing the documents, right? Before, signing on yeah, the dotted night line? Before. Night before is what my research pulled up. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. We were so close to getting Disneyland here in St. Louis. Yeah, so that story kind of came about, and, and Disney lawyers kept saying that they cannot use the Disney name to be to use for use for selling liquor or any kind of like adult activity type of things. Um, and there was a bit, there was a, the story goes that Gussie Bush and Walt Disney didn't really hit it off, but they were actually pretty good friends. Gussie Bush was a little jealous, I think, that, that Disney wanted to put his name on this Riverfront Square, because at this point, Disney had ideas of just owning this whole thing and just, this is a Disney park. This is not something that anybody else is going to, to, to own and we're just going to be a part of, but we're going to be the owner of this. And Gussie Bush, you know, this is in his backyard. Literally, it's in his backyard. So uh, he didn't he didn't really care for that too much. And oh, yeah, the brewery was just what uh, right next door. Right. Yeah, And he kind of he kind of felt like he was getting snubbed by by not injecting that whole culture of because St. Louis was a big beer drinking town and not injecting that whole culture and the history of the Anheuser-Busch and the breweries into this. Uh, what what Disney was kind of selling as an educational for the history of St. Louis attraction. And you'd be crazy not to stamp Walt Disney's name on this product. Right. I mean. 
would you rather have Bush or Disney? Uh, I'm going Disney, hands down. People from all around the nation are going to come. Yeah, so Disney initially went in front of a press conference and said that no liquor would be sell, sold in the park. But people could go outside of the park and, and get the liquor and, and anything that they wanted outside of the park um, without any kind of problems at all. And speaking of liquor, didn't they try to get cut a deal in Texas? Yeah. And there's a whole dispute over liquor as well, and Disney and Bush could not finalize a deal? Yeah, that one kind that one was more of one that did fall through because of that. Yeah. Uh, and that was completely, as a matter of fact, this guy that made this comment, this Joe Fowler, this story comes out of him. And when he made those comments about this deal falling through in St. Louis, a lot of, he was older. So a lot of people thought that maybe he was confused about the two deals and thought that those kind of comments were said about the Texas operation and not so much the St. Louis operation. So my friends in Houston, Texas, because it wasn't going to be in Houston, Texas, right? And you. Uh, yeah, it, it, you could have had a Disneyland. Yeah just like us, but whatever. Yeah, so just kind of a number to go with this whole thing. Uh, at this point, when this operation was going on, they uh, they did a second financial report, and this this financial report came back that uh, to about two million, two and a half million people would visit this park annually, and it would cost them about $20 million to build with, with the plans that that were presented at this point with the, you know, the ones we just mentioned with the Haunted Mansion and the Boat Ride and the and the Cave Playground and the Circle Vision Theater. About $20 million is what they're looking at. So thinking about a $20 million project, if I'm a, if I am a citizen in St. Louis, you know, even in the 60s, that, that was a lot of money. But knowing the success that Disneyland have, how could you pass that up? I know, just... Why don't you just keep Sportsman Park at that time and you can do a Bush Stadium later? Bring in Disney. Yeah, so the the whole problem, you know, it still exists of um, what are we going to do with this traction when winter hits and uh, is it going to be a big thing for, for tourism in St. Louis in the winter? Um, but the, the bigger problem is really coming out here and that is who's going to pay for this whole thing? Originally, Disney thought that um, the city of St. Louis was going to pay for the whole thing, and the city of St. Louis said, well, if Disney's going to put his name on this, then he needs to be the one to pay for it. And so that that is kind of where the, the big problem in this project starts to come up when they start talking about who's going to be building it. So, Dave, what's your opinion? What do you think? I, it's, Who do you think should have funded this? Well, I like the deal that they eventually came up with. They eventually said uh, that St. Louis would front the cash, to build the structure, and then right. as Dis- as this park made money, Disney would reimburse them, and they would eventually get all of their money back. And at that point, Disney would be the one to own it, and then Disney would build, pay for all of the attractions to be built inside. And then, uh, so that's that's kind of where their negotiations started to go. So it only would cost the taxpayers nine million dollars, roughly, right, for the structure of the buildings. Well, my figure says twenty million right now, but that may include some of the things that's on the inside, you know, because that was a big sticking point. Was does is the structure on the inside, the interior walls, the interior electrical heating and cooling, is that all considered part of the structure, or is that part of the? Got it, got it, yeah. Yeah, so man, that's a that's a deal. Yeah, twenty million dollars. That doesn't buy you like an eighth of a football stadium. We're finding out. So uh, in January of 1964, uh, we're starting to see some more kind of adaptations from rides that were around. Uh, they're talking about doing a, a Mississippi River kind of Matterhorn-style ride uh, going through the, into this project. Um, they're starting to see a Native American canoe ride on this project. And then they were going to throw a couple of dark rides with Disney characters in there, similar to the Peter Pan and the Snow White scary ride. Uh, they thought originally about doing a, a dark ride with the story of Jesse James, but then they didn't know how big a bank robber 
uh, hero would be. <laughs> so they uh, I think that'd be pretty cool even nowadays if they were to add that into one of the parks to have a Jesse James ride. Yeah, How cool yeah, would that yeah, be? I think a lot of these ideas would be pretty sweet, actually. Um, but they were going to also maybe do kind of like a precursor to the Hall of Presidents and uh, do some famous famous people in history animatronics. Uh, the St. Louis history, like Charles Lindbergh, and they, I'm sure they'd have Lewis and Clark in there and uh, things like that. So that was kind of a, tossed around at the same time as well. So what they finally came up with, uh, this is uh, March of 64. They got this far on the project. They drew up some plans, and they, they came up with this. Remember, it's split on two sides, St. Louis and New Orleans. The St. Louis side would have those St. Louis history and audio animatronics. They'd have the Circle Vision Theater with the history of St. Louis. They'd have the Lewis and Clark Adventure. They'd have the uh, Riverboat Ride with the Pirates. They, they eventually did combine those two and include Pirates in there. Uh, they'd have a second Circle Vision ride called St. Louis Today. Then they'd have that kids area with, with the caves. And uh, like I said, maybe they'd throw in... They, they weren't finalizing any plans on these dark rides with the Disney characters yet, but they thought that they'd have two of those on the St. Louis side. The, the New Orleans sign sounds kind of kind of sparse over here. They'd have that Blue Bayou Boat Ride. They'd have the Golden Horseshoe Review, which turned into something at the park's later days. And then they'd have that Haunted Mansion ride. And that's it? That's it. That's it. So plans were still in the works for that side um, when they had to present this to the CCRC uh, in the city of St. Louis. And wasn't Disney going to donate a whole bunch of costumes for a parade? Yeah, so to kind of drum up excitement for this whole thing and get, you know, grease the wheel, he decided that they would, uh, I think there was a fireman's event going on and then he loaned out like 20 costumes for his character oh so this was just a one-time shot yeah, deal it wasn't yeah. like this is gonna be like an electrical parade well thing. you know back in those times unions were huge so he wanted to get the unions on board with his whole plan so that was kind of where he was going with that he wanted to kind of grease the wheel and say hey let's get let's let's make these unions happy so that we can get them on board and get this get this project moving forward smart man yeah, so um, everything seemed to be on track early in 65, um, into the summer of 65, when the vice president of the CCRC met with Disney, and uh, somewhere in that meeting, they came out with the outcome that uh, this project wasn't going to work, and they, they went to reporters after the press conference, and he told the, press or he told the reporters at the press conference that this was a, quote, dead deal. At that point, July of 65. And it wouldn't work. Why? Well, you know, that's where this whole debate comes across. But in the, they had one more meeting, the July 13th of 65. Is it boils down to yeah, money then, it, right? It is that why the report said it doesn't work? Because yeah, so this funding. is Disney's quote out of that July 13th meeting of 65. It says, we were asked to try to develop a major attraction having the impact on the St. Louis area of a Disneyland. We suggested at the outset that a project of that scope and size and cost might be difficult to accomplish due to the number of imponderable factors. Can you go ahead and define that for yeah, me, please? Say it. Use it. Use yeah. it in a sentence. Fourth grade. So, uh, to his quote, it says, "Such as." Yeah, but aren't. Aren't you in charge of the... No, that's nope, a geography nope. B you're in so, charge of, not the spelling B. So to Got it. quote, it says, uh, he says, such is, such is the case. So at that point, this deal is is done. It's over. And and you got to listen to your right-hand man. Yeah, and it all, like I said, it, it all came about because of the funding. They just could not secure the funding. There was too much squabbling over who was going to pay for what. And, and uh, you know, Disney... Disney wanted to put his name on this thing, so the city of St. Louis said, if you want to put your name on this, you're going to have to front the cash for it, and he didn't want to because at the same time, he was forking out all this money 
for property down in Orlando. Yeah, kind of under the table, yep. right? He was kind of buying up all the acreage down in Orlando. And I think secretively, kind of in the back of his mind, he probably thought he was going to have a park there anyway. Do you think Walt Disney ever thought of St. Louis as a full-fledged theme no. park or more of an arcade style? I don't. I think probably somewhere between here. those two things. I don't think that he de- he definitely didn't I, see it as a, you know, because he's limited with a five-story building. You're limited to what you can do. Right. So, that's where he kind of got drawn down to Orlando with with all of the acreage. And they he actually said to the people of St. Louis, he said, this is what I'm getting per acre for property in Orlando, outside of Orlando. If you give me this deal, I'll buy it right now. And they just, St. Louis couldn't pull the trigger, couldn't sell it to him that cheap. We don't deserve it. And honestly, my opinion, it would have never worked here anyway. Well, I really think it would have kind of just have been... I think it would have been a forgotten. Yeah, so about. the riverfront, uh, the riverfront square process continued without Disney. Uh, what they did there was they they ended up buying one of the one of the attractions at the '64 World's Fair, the Spanish Pavilion, which won all kinds of awards for architecture, and they and they put it right there at the riverfront square. And you know, it, it just it was a bust. They they thought they were doing an homage to the the Spanish immigrants that were coming to the St. Louis area and, you know, kind of the heritage of St. Louis there. And uh, it didn't work. It kind of, it just failed. Eventually, they added uh, a building on top of it and extended it up, and now it's a hotel. It's a Mar- it's a Marriott. Because, you know, yeah, I know what hotel you're, you're talking about. You know, you know, we do have one ride down in St. Louis, and even I don't get on it. What is the arch? The arch, that's what it. Need? What do you need? It's the arch. We, yeah, it's... I don't know. It wouldn't have worked here in St. Louis. I'm glad, kind of under the table, he kind of bought all that acreage down in Orlando. Yeah, me too. Think about what your life would have been. You know, like, oh, let's go to Disney World, or excuse me, Disneyland in St. Louis. Pack 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 your bags, kids. We're going to St. Louis. Yeah, the good news about that is that this was not going to be an instead of. This was going to be in addition to. So, you know, maybe the magic would have been a little less. Maybe it would have been a little less if I would have said, well, we can go here and, and, you know, we can go uh, drive a half an hour and get to this place in St. Louis where we can do this stuff. Or we can drive, you know, 16 hours down to Orlando and do... You know, all of this stuff, you know, I so it's sort of like asking, hey, kids, do you want to go to Six Flags or do you want to go right. to Disney World? We're going to pick, you know, Disney yeah, World. It's like if way. you have kids, you're going to go see their little league game in the neighborhood park. Or you're going to go down and watch the Cardinals play. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I'm going to watch my kid play. Are you yeah, kidding me? You will frequently. Right. But every once in a while, you'll go to a Cardinals game. Nah, I don't like going down to the city anyway. <laughs> so that's the see. that's why that's why it would have yeah, worked that- for me. I, I'm too lazy so to even that's go down the story there. Story of how we almost had a Disney park right in our backyard. I, I think that's awesome, Dave. Thanks for sharing. This is a story that I think needs to be heard. This is history here, and this is great stuff. Thank you yeah, for telling the listeners. Once I got into my research and learned a little bit more about it, um, I thought it was pretty neat that we 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 were that close and didn't get it. Dave, thanks for sharing that with us. I mean, that is a great story. It's, that was very, you know, a historical moment back in its time. I didn't realize how close we actually came to getting our own mini Disneyland. That would have been pretty cool. We sure hope you enjoyed this throwback episode. Be sure to listen to Nick and I on Wednesday's show as we dish all the latest rumors and news. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, simply text us at 407 674 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, text us at 407-674-0414 
or contact us at travel at mousecapadespodcast.net. Check us out on our social media accounts. Nick's on Instagram, mousecapades underscore Nick, or Facebook page, the Mousecapades Podcast, or on our Twitter account at Mousecapades Pod. Remember to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for all things Disney. As always, Nick and I would like to thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. Fixter, it is about that time. Peace. And love. Have Have a magical magical day, day, my friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.